1: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster.
2: Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
1: Hello and welcome to Matt Dalia is Confused. This is Matt Dalia, and my guest this week is Judy Kettler. Judy wrote a book called Would I Lie to You? The Amazing Power of Being Honest in a World that Lies. I read the book. I loved the book. I needed to talk to Judy. We talked. She is interested in many of the same things that I am. Uh, and obviously, based on the title, her book is about honesty. She tells a personal story while also telling sort of casting a wider net and talking about honesty more broadly. How we all think of it, how honest we say we are versus how honest we really are. These are things that plague me. I obsess over them. I'm confused by them. So she really was an ideal guest for the show. The conversation was amazing. Thank you, Judy, for your time and for writing the book. Uh, we get into a lot of shit. Uh, truth, lies, um, cognitive dissonance, um, how we think of honesty versus how honest we really are why it's even good to examine how honest we are if it's even good to examine how honest we are a lot of shit all under the under the um all on the subject rather of honesty and yeah i hope you guys like it as much as i liked having this conversation but here it is here's my conversation with judy kettler okay
2: I am Judy Kettler. Uh, I'm the author of Would I Lie to You? The Amazing Power of Being Honest in a World That Lies. And I wrote the book for a few different reasons. Um, the, the the big reason was it felt like we were living in a really dishonest world. And uh, I had this thought one day that I I realized how much easier it was to see other people's dishonesty than to focus on my own Mm -hmm. and i wondered if i just focused on my own for a while if somehow that would make things better because i was like so frustrated and i felt like such a victim of this dishonest world and i thought well what if i just try to focus on my own honesty right um so that was kind of one thing The other thing was, um, my kids are at these ages where they're asking a lot of questions, and my children are not shy and they're not Mm -hmm. easily embarrassed. And like, (laughs) they (laughs) were like asking a lot of like real questions, and I sensed that I wasn't giving them very good answers because it's hard to be honest with children. Yeah. Um, Some things were going on in my marriage that I felt like I, you know, wasn't always being honest with my husband about. Um, and also I always had this strange relationship with honesty where I was so frustrated with others dishonesty. Like I hated when I thought people were lying to me, yeah. but then I also knew some of my own little lies I was telling. I mean, silly things like, you know, when I was a kid, um, making up presents that I got or telling the girls on my gymnastics teams that I had a, that I had a boyfriend when right. I didn't cause I was too embarrassed that I, you know, like the, yeah. that push and pull of frustration with others dishonesty, but really guilt over my own. I feel like that's been with me my whole life and everything just came to a head for me when Donald Trump got elected, uh, when my children kind of came to this age of curiosity, my marriage all just came to a head at the same time. And I all was right. like, Holy shit, I got to figure out this honesty thing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to, to the, the, the Trump, uh, election as sort of a touchstone because, uh, mm-hmm. just a lot of, uh, I think it caused some sort of. There was a lot of buildup for a lot of people in a lot of different arenas. I mean, for you, this is about honesty. But I think, for in a lot of ways, a lot of people ha- that was like a moment when something shifted. But for it to shift in this honesty way, or about mm-hmm. on to for for it to cause a shift in the way one thinks of honesty, makes total sense to me. I mean, a lot of the things mm-hmm. you're describing about your, you know, looking out at the world and being very frustrated with with dishonesty, and then sort of somehow creating this this these parameters in your own mind for your own sort of little dishonesties throughout the day and, and mm-hmm. how incongruent that really is. I mean, for me, it's like, I'm so hard on everyone else, but to me, the little lies that I tell just to get through a day or whatever, mm-hmm. they all make sense and they all sort of, yeah. they all are streamlined, folded into the way I'm operating my life and it doesn't really give me pause but when someone lies even in the littlest littlest way to me i'm like well fuck this person this is this person is a liar you know yeah. and and it's it's it, you you have a term for it. i mean i read your book by the way i think it's great
2: yeah. Oh, okay yeah
1: um and there's is it the actor observer bias is that yes. what, yeah okay. actor yeah. yes
2: very good yeah and so it's a pretty simple thing that when you you know, read it or it's described to you, it's obvious, but it's like not obvious until right. <laughs> someone points it out, which is how most biases. Um, yeah, you, it's very easy to notice other people's bad behavior. And when you do the same thing yourself, you justify it and you rationalize it. Right. Um, and it's more pronounced kind of the worst, behavior is so with donald trump it's so pronounced because he's so bad yeah you know like he's so everything wrong right from dishonesty to like everything we could spend the whole podcast talking about him but we're not going to because he's not worth it but we can just acknowledge like everything wrong right and and so it's like more pronounced because then you're even more certain that you are not that um And so it's, it it really, is interesting when you start to say, but what if I do some of those same, what if I do some of those same things? What if that comes from the same place? What if I'm tapping into that same thing? And it's really an uncomfortable and kind of terrible thought to be like, what if I'm not that different than people who walk around lying?
1: Yeah, um, I, th- I think yeah. that specific thought is one that I share. And out in the world, I'm not sure how many people go through that process. But I think for me, whatever truth I put out into the world, truth, lie, dishonest, whatever in that gray area, as most things are, I try to, at the very least, acknowledge to myself, trying to be honest to myself. Like, you know, you describe in the book how you'll, my favorite anecdote is, is your friend and, 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 in the conversation about the country Portugal, your her <laughs> associate came to think that she was saying her husband is from there and she couldn't right. bring herself to tell him that because it was by that time she realized the confusion, it was too late. I mean, so many things like that yeah. are happening throughout the course of the day. But I wonder, and in your experience just writing the book and talking to so many experts, I come to this thinking that most people don't even arrive at that first part, which is like, This question of, wait, do I do that too? Is, is your sense that as well? Or do you think that most people are actually like us and they Mm. do sort of have these sort of mini confrontations about, am I this? Am I just as bad? Am I doing the same thing? Although differently? Like, what is your perception of that having Uh, cast a wide net? um, You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's so hard because I would answer it. (laughs) differently depending on what i've just been exposed to so if i've just spent 15 minutes on twitter and i'm like everyone is awful the world is terrible (sighs) a woman is like running over you know uh is is killing people like killing immigrant children with her car you know like you read these stories and you're like oh my gosh this is it's terrible the human condition is one of you know awfulness and lying and Versus, if I've just had a lovely discussion with some people, and um, you know, we talked about all this stuff, and they're like, "Oh wow, that's really great. I do that too. I yeah. I think that too." So I I just don't know. I yeah. mean, I I think that the one thing I will say is in talking about this book and in talking about honesty, I've had a lot of great conversations with people, and it's a thing that honesty is a thing that people often don't um, think to pay attention to right. until someone like me yeah. <laughs> is like, oh, I'm writing a book about honesty and we start talking about it. And then I see the little light go on in their eyes and they're like, oh, I,
0: right."
2: that's the thing that maybe I should think about. Or it's, it, it changes. Like that's the, the great thing about doing this honesty work is it's contagious in a, right. in a good way. And so I have found people very receptive to it. People in my circle, but you know, I'm, my circle is kind of limited, right? right? It's self-selected. It's,
0: you
2: know, uh,
1: prone to be like-minded, I guess in a way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so it's hard. And, and the optimist in me wants to believe that people want to engage with this stuff. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's just that I hang out with the people who want to engage with it and just don't see. Like if it's a huge blind spot that I just don't see right. the other people that don't.
1: In, in the book, you also mentioned the the article that you wrote for the New York Times that sort of that, that led to the book. And you Mm -hmm. meant you specifically talk about this one comment that I wanted to bring (laughs) up, which is this idea that there's, uh, I mean, I I share your disdain for reading comments on things that have anything (laughs) to do with me or just anything in general. (laughs) You know, it's like you talk about Twitter being a cesspool. Uh, I mean, the, the comment section on anything. Is yeah. even worse. Um, but you mentioned this, this comment that sort of sprung you to further toward this, uh, the, the possibility of writing a, a book on this, on these subjects and this idea that there are people out there who, even at the mention or prospect of considering something like this, as in there's a gray area to truth and all that, th- that people was, are somehow somewhat dismissive of that, thinking you're either honest, or you're not. And in many ways, that's sort of the jumping off point for your book because the whole book ultimately is about the sliding scale of honesty. And it's sort of blowing up this idea that truth and lies are this very black and white thing. Mm -hmm. You're sort of playing in this gray area, which is what I think makes the book so appealing. But it also is something that I think many people are not willing to even accept or consider accepting you know for them it's you're either Mm -hmm. honest or you're not Mm -hmm. and if you're not you're a liar and if you are you're a good person and that Mm -hmm. just in my experience out in the world but also within myself is just not true um but that is a sentiment you see a lot but yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah you've run into that for sure i'm assuming yeah
2: yeah absolutely and i think it starts because of cliches like honesty is the best policy or those things that we tell our children which is why one of the reasons I wanted to engage with all this is because I was like what am I telling my kids like what am I how am I communicating with them because these messages we get and I spend a lot of time in the book talking about the messages we get as children um, while well-meaning they're not Nuanced enough, yeah. You know, there, it, it it it's easy to for it to become a black and white thing. Um, you know, one of the philosophers I talked with, um, Thomas Carson, we had this long, like, wonderful conversation, and I'm so grateful that he took the time to just like explain all of these right, concepts yeah. from philosophy to me. And he talked about, you know, teaching, you know, college students and. They have discussions about honesty and, you know, students say things like, well, lying is wrong, but sometimes you have to do it. Mm -hmm. And he'll say, well, if you say something is wrong, then you're saying it's wrong and you're not supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, but you have to because of of this and this and this. And so, you you know, ultimately what he gets to is that we need to look at it like it's wrong in the absence of reasons to the contrary. You know, it's honesty is just one um, one value, one thing, and there may be several values at stake. I mean, the most extreme example, you know, is uh, German citizens hiding nice. Jewish people in their crawl spaces right? right during the Nazi Germany and, um, you know, literally lying to protect someone's life. That in the most extreme, all the way to, you know, the, the little lie of kindness you tell someone because you can tell that they are mortified and they just need something <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's a, something you can say that just smooths it over and you're not spinning a big, complicated right. web of deception. You're just say you're just offering some little, you know, fib of kindness. And it's for benevolent reasons. I mean, there's a big, wide uh, scale there. But when we just say deception is wrong, honesty is the most important thing. We're elevating that. Mm-hmm. And it's not always right. the most important thing. Right. Yeah and if it is and, and the other thing is if it is we're doing a super shitty job because <laughs> right right <laughs> like, right yeah. we're not so yeah. it's just, it's so preposterous like any way any angle you come at it it just isn't the right way to look at it
1: right it, and it's interesting that we we all do that we all sort of amend our rule even those of us who say honesty is is the most supreme quality and any it's it's the most important one in all situations i feel like people like that even will say oh good job to someone even though it was a terrible job or whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck and we're so ready to bend that but also without thinking we put forth this idea that honesty is always the best policy and then yet Mm -hmm. we're we so naturally bend that when it not just when it suits us it's not just selfish Mm -hmm. we do that for people we care about we do that for strangers we do that for a lot of people you know and it's not just to serve ourselves it often can be and i think i think this uh, you mentioned this briefly in the book but i uh, for me my own i think my own journey where i was able to start really framing how i thought about honesty was i remember in school well, I learned about the categorical imperative, Kant's categorical mm, imperative. And right, I just right. I remember thinking, well, this is Immanuel Kant. He's clearly one of the most lionized philosophers of all time. He must mm-hmm. be right, but I kept having this thing in my mind that it just it seems it seems so flawed to think of mm-hmm. to think of a lie as something you can never, ever tell. I mean, he goes to extreme lengths to sort of underscore the mm-hmm. importance of this. He'll talk about Mm-hmm. How you should tell a murderer where the, where the potential victim <laughs> might be. You know what I mean? And I, I think that to start there, whether it's, whether there's a lot of truth to it or not, I think is a, a good place because it's so, so, so extreme. So mm-hmm. we're starting there and we're sort of now, as you point out, the, the, the professor in the classroom, we're sort of becoming a little bit more gray and we're getting into this territory of like, okay, maybe now we're not automatically always being honest, and we, we're willing to understand that. So, mm-hmm. and you talk about this in the book, and I'd love for you to talk about it a little bit here, is mm-hmm. this, this idea of the different kinds of, of of lies and how sometimes they're okay and sometimes they're not. I mean, you, you first, I think, laid out with this, this idea of the pro-social and the self-interest lie, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yeah, to just define those, I think, first, and then go, we can go from there, yeah.
2: Sure. So the pro social, sometimes people call this white lies, but uh, the researchers who study pro social lies like to say, no, it isn't the same. Because mm-hmm. a white lie is, you know, a little lie that doesn't have much consequence. It might be for the benefit of someone else, it might be a self interested lie. So white lie and pro social lie aren't really aren't the same thing mm-hmm. um it's not the end of the world if someone's you know conflating it but but if, if we really want to talk about it they're, they're not the same thing mm-hmm. um, a pro-social lie is a lie told for the a benevolent lie a lie told for the benefit of someone else mm-hmm. versus a self-interested lie is a lie you're telling um to for the benefit of yourself right. basically it, you're in pursuit of your own self-interest um, and they can be, you know, we have lies of commission, which is like actively saying a lie, a lie of omission, which is just not saying anything. Um, there is paltering, which is saying a true statement for the purpose of lying. And there is an entire book written about uh, paltering and Bill Clinton's paltering. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the most classic example. Um, there uh, are um lies uh like like you know there's secrets there's mm. um withholding I mean there's a whole kind of range of things that kind of mean the same thing, but they have different nuances um but really the main kind of those main two things are pro social and self interest and, and sometimes oh, yeah. no, no,
1: please please continue, yeah,
2: well, often you can't the thing is sometimes we think something is. A pro-social lie mm-hmm. we think that it's we're either withholding information or we're actively saying something untrue or wh- whatever strategy deception strategy we're using we think that it's for the benefit of someone else but it's for our benefit right. and maybe not monetary because people think self-interest and they think oh cheating you know um Whatever for for money for power, but sometimes it's just for our ego, Mm -hmm. you know, because we don't want to either like admit something about ourselves or we don't want to stand in a a really uncomfortable space with the truth that needs to be told. And really, it's a truth that would benefit the truth would benefit the other person more than the little lie of kindness and right. it can be really hard to to tease all that out.
1: Right. I mean sometimes it seems like we're lying to save someone else's feelings but we're really lying to make sure that we don't feel bad mm-hmm. for potentially hurting their feelings or something like that, I think is mm-hmm. it, it gets really hairy and I think I keep coming back to this question of and I I I it seems so obvious but it also I, I oscillate between thinking it's, the answer is extremely obvious to the answer is just it's just not answerable. But I, I think I think of it like what this obs- this obsession, this knee jerk, as you pointed out, the professor in the classroom I think is a great example because our, we have this knee jerk reaction to say honesty is always the best policy. Everyone should be honest, and even from person to person, every, almost anyone will tell you that they are honest,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: yet. There are these lies that all of us tell, uh, whether it's like a very, very micro, totally, totally harmless lie to an extremely uh, sort of malicious lie or, or whatever. There's that whole spectrum. But every day we're going forward thinking of ourselves as honest and as f- thinking of honesty as the best policy. It, that being its own kind of lie is mm-hmm. – is, it's hard to place in my brain in a way. Do you know what I mean? Because if yeah. everyone's doing the lying, why can't we all just say, Hey, you know what? Everyone lies a little bit. And honestly, that's benefiting us
0: mm-hmm. rather
1: often, not always, but it is benefiting us. We all get through our days easier sometimes mm-hmm. with these little mini lies. Yeah. What,
2: what, it would be better. Yeah. Right? It what,
1: <laughs> what is that? Like what, what, what's happening there? Yeah.
2: it's I, Yeah. And so it, it would be better. If, it, it's, 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 this, I wrestle with this the whole time writing the book yeah. because on one hand, I'm like, I want to be more honest. Like I really, I want to, I don't want to tell these little lies of when I'm just trying to swat off a situation. I don't want to deal with, I don't want to lie about it, you know, and right. I want to be honest with my children. I want to give them honest answers. When my son asks, these like really uncomfortable questions about blow jobs and like, <laughs> I need to answer them <laughs> <You know>? right, <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
2: all this stuff. Right. But then on the other hand, It's like, uh, these pro social lies, like there are a lot of benefits to that. Um, and so like, why even like, we're all just doing it. Like, let's just keep doing what we're doing and and not even, um, and the reason I think that it's important to pay attention to the pro social Uh lies is because you can learn a lot about yourself. When you, you do it. So like, I always knew I had this tendency to tell these little fibs. Um, and the, the, the example I give in the book is, um, you know, I was swimming at the Y uh, mm-hmm. doing my 66 laps and I don't know, some around lap fifty, I felt someone like whoosh by me in the lane and it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and I realized it was this older man, um, who I just didn't understand that you can't just get in someone's lane. You have to make sure they see you and like, you know, verbally say something because otherwise you're gonna run into each other. And so when I, you know, swam back down to the end of the pool when I was finished with my laps and I waited for him to come down and like he was kind of lumbering along. Like I could tell he was not an experienced swimmer and I knew I had to tell him, which right. again makes me uncomfortable because I don't like to have <laughs> to like be that person right. who's telling people things, but he was going to hurt someone or hurt himself if I didn't. And so I said, yes, sir, you have to, you have to, um, get verbal, you know, you, you have to make eye contact right. or get verbal or whatever before you jump into the lane. And he was so embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. He was so like, I could tell he just felt awful and he felt ashamed. Like I could, I could, it was like radiating off him yeah. in that little millisecond. And I, I don't like that. Like, I want to try to, like, ameliorate that for yeah. people. And so I said, oh, I did the same thing when I first started swimming. And someone had to tell me, which isn't true right. because it seems obvious. But <laughs> he felt so much better. Like, I could tell. He was like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and he brightened and I brightened. And and it was a nice exchange. And so, it like, just paying attention to those little like the minutiae of those little exchanges, it really helped me to see how I use empathy yeah, and how important that is. But then also it helped me to see when I'm mistaking empathy for almost like a kind of narcissism, yeah. like that I can single handedly make things better by yeah. telling these little fibs and, you know, to see that, Sometimes it is just like a little moment of pure empathy. Sometimes it's tied to something more, some tendency in myself that isn't so great. And I should pay attention to more.
1: Right.
0: It,
2: you, you can't get to that. If you don't ever pay attention yeah. to all these little things, you can't really get to, you can't tease all that out. And that's one reason why it's so important to pay attention. I'm not even sure that was your question. No, that's good. I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> like, no, that
1: is good. That, that, that just makes me think about, you know, cause I'm, in the same boat as you. I, mm-hmm. I it, Like I recently quit smoking and there were times before I quit where I would be around a non-smoker and I wouldn't necessarily lie to them, but I wouldn't let it be known that I smoke until I was like away from them. And it wasn't, it wasn't really mm-hmm. something I ever examined but, or even noticed until I quit. And now around smokers, I do the same thing, except I don't want them to know that I, now, now I don't smoke. And it's this weird thing of like, I, I don't know why I'm doing that. I have no idea why I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about it. And I, th- and you know, cause I think the reason I started to think about it is like, why am I lying? And then there's this judgment or a, a, something you talk about in the book quite a bit. There's this shame in like, I feel mm-hmm. dishonest, you know, mm-hmm. but, but really, I think the the examination, it becomes easier to understand and, and more sort of, helpful when i think of it as what you're describing which is which is i'm examining myself i'm not judging the lie or dishonesty or whatever you even want to call it i'm just thinking about well why don't i do that because the truth is it's harmless no one gives a fuck out in the Mm. world and we think oh we lied and what is that person going to think of us now if they find out i did or didn't smoke they're not going to give a shit but it's it's more about us it's that narcissistic (laughs) thing thinking that we really Mm -hmm. matter which is just another way that we get through the day and it's totally understandable but but that can sort of dissolves and then all you're really left with is like well why do i do that you know and i think that that is 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 a place of sort of i mean it can be maddening but it can be this Mm -hmm. this sort of place for introspection that is that is worthwhile, you know, because I do think that the shame element of lying makes people not examine it. Those who are not willing Mm -hmm. to examine their lies, it's I think it's clouded by this shame and this unwillingness. The cognitive Mm -hmm. dissonance is so great that they can't examine it. But if that shame, if we could actually just put the shame aside and say, you don't have to feel terrible about yourself because you lied, just fucking think about it. You know, um, I I think that the shame is sort of the thing that gets in the way of of us being able to, to look at it sometimes for really what it's worth. You know, I think the dissonance is created because we don't want to acknowledge our lies because Mm -hmm. we're so ashamed of it. And, yeah. And, you know what I mean? And you talk about shame quite a bit in the book. And uh, what, what's been your experience with with uh, with that and examining that and all? Yeah,
2: time. I mean, it's it is about just kind of like, well, so shame. You know, one of one of the most helpful things I learned about shame was that we are like evolutionarily wired to feel shame. It's kind of like a fail safe. If all the other mechanisms in place that you know for you know, for us to evolve into uh, into societies and into cultures and, you know, we had to be able to, human beings had to be able to work together, to hunt together, to do all these things together, mm-hmm. right? And there's all these different mechanisms in place for human beings to be good cooperators with each other, to be able to trust each other. Um, and kind of the fail safe against all of it is this idea that if you don't do what you say you're going to do or you do lie or you do cheat, you feel shame. Right right? And so it's like this evolutionary thing. And so there was, I found comfort in that actually, that it was like just this thing that's part of me, the same way that like blood flows through my veins and fingernails grow and, you know, you have boogers in your nose, whatever, like shame. Like it's just one more thing. Right. Um, and so it, there is, if for me, just like poking around in it and and really just like trying to lose the the judgment um and this is w- really what i do in the last chapter of the book which is all about self-honesty mm-hmm. which is like where the shame is really gonna find you mm-hmm. right yeah
0: um
2: you know and so one of the things that was hardest for me to write about well, a lot of things were hard to write about but one of the things in that chapter that's hardest for me to write about was like coming to terms with my white privilege. Mm. Right. Cause I was like, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk about this at all right. in this book. Um, but then I was like, how, how can I write a book? But honesty, <laughs> and not say anything about race, like how, what a terrible blind spot that is. But then I was like, but what can I possibly say? Right. I don't, you know, I, and so I'd kind of wrestle with this thing on and on. And then I finally just realized I just need to say what, you know, what's True, Mm -hmm. you know, so the example I give in the book is you know, I talk about this neighborhood where I live, which is predominantly white. Mm -hmm. You know, I I always say, I wish it had more diversity. You know, I wish I love where we live, but I wish it had more diversity. And I'm always saying that to people. And you know, I finally was like, well, let me examine that. Right. Um, I do wish it had diversity, but in reality, I chose this neighborhood. I chose it for all these reasons. Right. I decided not to pay attention to the fact that it didn't have diversity. I very clearly saw that it didn't have diversity and I still chose it. Yeah. And like, just being honest about that. It's, it's really uncomfortable because it feels wrong. Um, and it doesn't, it's not the end of the story. I mean, I, you know, working really hard to educate myself about myself and my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's trying to engage with things like that, that you feel shame around. It's, it's really uncomfortable. And it often feels like you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, and that is I mean, it's the only way around it is like through it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean the shame that the evolutionary sort of uh prism through which to 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 look at this kind of thing is is very, very interesting to me. And and I agree with you that it's extremely helpful because mm-hmm. I'll often sit there plagued by whatever emotion or feel what feeling that i don't want and and if it's shame you know to to wallow in this sort of confusion about what you're even feeling is is that's true helplessness to me you know and and when i think about not why i'm feeling this in my own life in my own day whatever it is but why does one ever feel this and it's interesting to think about it in the context of ever why one would ever in like the truest most original sense of shame which is we are sort of wired on purpose there is a mm-hmm. there is a reason why we feel shame and it's and it's actually a good one that is mm-hmm. evolutionarily stable or whatever you want to call it you will you benefit or or society rather benefits mm-hmm. from this feeling of shame and those who have felt shame to the right degree have gone on to continue to live successfully in whatever way that has allowed them to still exist you know mm-hmm. but but to shame as this sort of mechanism that keeps us honest in an evolutionary sense it all be- it starts to become much clearer to me and it doesn't dissolve mm-hmm. the feeling of the shame but it does put it into perspective of well at least i know why i'm feeling this and it's actually just a normal thing to go through you know what i mean mm-hmm. just like anything mm-hmm. else not just shame But there are a lot of things like that. Like, why do I get angry? You know, I hate Mm -hmm. how I get angry, but there's obviously a reason for it. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like when I get overwhelmingly sad, but there's a reason for that too. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't like when I'm, when my, uh, true feelings are obvious, uh, around people that I want to hide them from, but there's a reason why I do that too. You know, like there's all these reasons Mm -hmm. why we are the way we are that have nothing to do with choice. Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just this is how it is. And if you're filled with shame, that's not because you are an ashamed, shameful human being. It's literally because we're wired that way so that you can exam I mean, not wired to examine it, but wired to sort of fit in more with others, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that to to really remember and recognize why you're having these bad feelings, why the dissonance is there is mm-hmm. really just this thing because we're all the same kind of animal is, is sort of, I think, a very helpful way, you know, to, 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 to sit with it. Cause if the goal is to be able to sit with it instead of ignoring it and dismissing it, I think that that is sort of, for me, it's the easiest way to sort of take tolerate this kind of thing within mm-hmm. myself, the shame that you talk
2: about. Yeah. And you know, I often, I think of shame often like our immune you know, I compare it to our immune system. So our immune system is super important, and it's what keeps us alive. But yeah. immune systems are also like they go haywire yeah. and cause autoimmune diseases, right? Yeah. So my son is allergic to nuts and a bajillion other things yeah. because his immune system is, you know, has gone haywire around it. Um, And so I think the same thing happens with, with shame, you know, we get, we get, it it can go haywire and it can take over and it can really um, stop us from um, experiencing joy or, I mean, all the things that shame can do. And then also we then use it as a weapon Mm -hmm. against other people. I mean, this is what I see in all the time, all the time. Um, just the way that people use shame, um, as a way to not engage, you know, uh, with their, or as a way to, to make themselves feel better about their own
0: choices. Right. right? So they shame
2: someone else. And I mean, it's just, it's so rampant. I mean, every single time I'm on social media at all, (laughs) I, I see it and I see really, really smart people doing it. You know, like I see like the smart feminist women yeah. doing it too, you know, and that's when it really breaks my heart when I'm like, Oh, yeah. you know? know, Oh, so you're going to throw out the shame. Yeah. Like, you know, a woman who I really admire and follow right. she this whole post about like, why would, I don't know why anyone would ever let their kid play football.
0: Right, and right, I right. was like,
2: Oh <laughs> man, yeah. like really, yeah. you know, like just these things that people, um, it it goes haywire in ourselves and then we project it right back out
1: right realm. yeah yeah i mean you talk a, a bit especially in the beginning of the book which i found really sort of rare to to read this uh from i mean i'm like-minded i mean i was mm-hmm. i was very upset when when uh trump was elected and sort of like just trying to look at the world and really actually understand it because i clearly in a way, there was a part of it that I really didn't understand before. Cause I, like you, was like, Oh, that's a liar. No mm-hmm. Nobody's going to fucking mm-hmm. vote for him. We're good. Yeah. And then yeah. it happens. Yeah. And then right. you're, and then you're just, I mean, talk about cognitive dissonance. It's just like yeah. this impossible to understand thing. But, mm-hmm. but, but then, you know, moving forward, you, you sort of coalesce around like-minded individuals and you, and you try to do what you can to change what mm-hmm. you didn't like. I mean, that's what we're doing here in the first place. But, but you mm-hmm. sort of talk about, which is, what i find most interesting you talked about how those like-minded people who 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 wanted exactly what you wanted in terms of you know a a different president or 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 or, or policy changes whatever it was and you would see them doing the same things that they're calling out people on the other mm-hmm. side for doing
2: and mm-hmm. i think
1: that is extremely rare and i and i i, I really share that though i mean mm-hmm. i look at like-minded people who want the things that I want and I see similar flaws in them as I do on the people on the other side, you know, and, and I think that it's it it's hard to force yourself to look at that. You know, I think the is the example that you used the the about um people who would deride anyone who sort of made any comments about Hillary Clinton's appearance.
2: Yeah, 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 yes, Right, yeah. Yes. And then which I've of course hated too. Of course. But then yeah. <laughs> same people like are constantly, you know, making fun of Trump's appearance. Yeah, and so, like, to me, I'm like, that's that's so childish. Yeah. I mean, I can't stand the man yeah. and everything he stands for. But why why would I then do the same thing that bothers me so much? Yeah, when people do it about someone I like, You're right? You know, and and it's it's like the rules, I think people often feel like, well, the rules don't, it's again, it's that actor observer bias, yeah, yeah. you know, the rules don't apply, the whatever, but you know, what if they did apply? Yeah. You know, um, and, and just, you know, the, I, a lot of us were just so shell shocked after the election. So, I mean, I think that for a while I was like, okay, like I, I see this happening and I'm just gonna, people are, you know, we're just, we're just trying to figure out what to do. Like, right. But then it like, you know, a year goes by and I still see people kind of like, if, if you voted for Trump, fuck you. I don't right. ever want to talk to you again. Right. Like, Really? Because that would be some people in my family. I right. mean, not many. Right. But I mean, like some people who I love and I know are good people and I do not agree with them and I will continue to disagree with them about things. But what should I cut them out of my life? Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems, that seems counterproductive and like everything that I'm not for as a person and what I feel like my politics of inclusion is about. Like, right. so it, it's, yeah, I mean, that definitely was one thing that got me. Yeah. Um, it gets you thinking this examining. way. Yeah. yeah. I, it really
1: does because it, it makes you wonder. It's such a clear cut example, you know, Mm -hmm. where someone is bemoans this sort of thing that's happening and then turns around and does the exact same thing except to someone else. And the thing is that there's no awareness that they're doing it. At least there's no acknowledgement. I think there's no awareness, but there's definitely no acknowledgement of, you know what? I might be doing the same thing too, but it's okay because of this, this, and this, and this. Because if the Mm -hmm. rules don't apply to you, we at least have to know why that's true because i think once you start to wonder why that naturally dissolves and you think oh wait they have to apply to me or else rules have to go the fuck out the window at all Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um but i think that again it's just this this it's so easy to not see it in ourselves exactly Mm -hmm. exactly what someone else is doing that you're calling them out for or even offended by you know
0: Mm -hmm. and i
1: think it it speaks to something even bigger which you talk about a bit which is this idea that you know, when uh politicians lie so much, when people in the public eye lie so much, it's easy to sit back and think, well, nothing matters at all. Like this is so what well, does the truth mm-hmm. even matter? Clearly mm-hmm. it doesn't. Mm-hmm. If you can advance and it's true in the most clear-cut way about Trump, but it's it's to a degree been borne out to be true about many, many, almost all I would say, politicians that they're that they lie and they lie and they lie. And if they can rise to the tippy top positions, then what is the truth really actually worth? And then there's only, you're only really one step away from like, well, it doesn't matter at all. So fuck it, mm-hmm. you know, but that's yeah. not a stable strategy in any way, but it's the same thing of like, how do you think of this out in the world in your daily life? Because when you look at, out at the way other people are handling this shit, for instance, the president or mm. any politician, but definitely the president, you just think, well, this person lies 98% of the words that he's even saying. So then, what is the value of honesty and how bad is it really to lie? And I think that that mm-hmm. sort of puts us in this weird
2: mm-hmm. position
1: as a society. We, in a knee jerk way, value yeah. honesty, but do we, I mean, clearly
0: yeah. we
1: don't value it the way we say we do. So something's a af- foot there. And I don't know. Again, it's like, how, where do we, where do we put that? Where do we,
2: right. we how do we, how mind do we that? solve it? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I want to think, um, because I am this like optimistic person, um, which is my nature, but also is because I'm, you know, I recognize I'm a person of privilege and I haven't had a bunch of hardships to overcome. So it's not that hard to be optimistic. Sure. Um, so I do acknowledge that, but that's it is just my nature to kind of keep trying to find that, you know, yeah. that that good spot in something. Um, and I I do believe that you know the Buddhist principle of you heal the world by healing yourself. Mm-hmm. I I keep going back to that because I do think that there is a ripple effect. And so when you take the moment and you say, this does matter. So my choice in this moment it does matter and you claim it, you claim the mattering, mm-hmm. it will impact someone and, you know, it might impact a lot of people. It might just impact one person who goes on to impact someone. I mean, it's it's so corny mm-hmm. um, and I'm always, I'm very leery of like, I'm a kind of a woo-woo person about stuff, but I'm also very leery of like, you know, using woo-woo things mm-hmm. to Cover up like real social injustice right. and change that needs to happen. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, sure, I'm yeah. very aware that that happens. And, um, but I do think that it's, we have to claim the mattering. Um, and like in, Every exchange, I mean, or, or try. I mean, it's you know, like mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm, when you're right. when you're in a mindful space, you're paying attention to your breathing. You're, of course, you're not doing it every second of the day. Um, I feel like it's the same thing with these exchanges that we have with people. These decisions we make, we we need to just believe that they matter. Yeah, because I think the power of us believing it matters. You know, it does put it puts something good into the world. I mean, it it can't. You know, people who lie and cheat and whatever—they're still going to get ahead. They just yeah. are. Like they just are. Yeah. Um, but it's our decisions still matter. I mean, it sounds very Pollyanna. I know, no, but um, and, uh, I just—I have to believe it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think the only way—I think a lot of this comes down to this simple truth: of if we don't live our lives believing it matters, then we have nothing to do with our lives because the entire thing crumbles Mm -hmm. because we rely on others to be honest and if nothing you say matters then nothing they say matters and we have Mm -hmm. no way to even view ourselves if no one else is being honest with us about us Mm -hmm. so what that we're fucking lying about this or that little thing that we need to believe that Mm -hmm. most of the time at least people are going to be honest i just think we run into some problems with this idea this knee-jerk idea of the best thing is to be the best way to be is to be honest because then mm-hmm. you end up judging others for for lying right. in ways that you do too you know and yeah. i think that that is where we really run into some serious problems because you're mm-hmm. you're so hard on everyone else for any kind of infraction uh, in this arena anything any sort of untruth that's uttered it's like this you want to punish them in, in one way or another, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, exclude them for your life from your life in the at the very least, or sideline them somehow. But mm-hmm. it is something to a certain degree that we all do. And I and, and, and I keep coming back to this thing of like
0: mm-hmm.
1: if we were just easier on this possibility <laughs> that mm-hmm. everyone isn't honest all the time, if we just right. were able to wrap our minds around that and accept that then I think mm-hmm. all of this would maybe, uh, hopefully, come into come into view a bit clearer, you know? But I think, you know, something you talked about earlier, which is, you know, you tell your, we tell our children to be honest and that honesty is the best policy.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: almost like, it, it's almost like a, its own kind of self-serving lie because as a parent, mm-hmm. you want your fucking kid to tell you everything, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's, 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 it, you can almost view that it's in itself as a lie that has a purpose that benefits oneself you know Mm
0: -hmm. but then
1: it's like well what do you fucking do with your kids you can't be like you can't teach them this complex lesson about honesty you can't be like well you know for the most part it is but there's these (laughs) pro-social lies it's like a four-year-old's gonna be like what the fuck are you talking about you know i
2: know it's true and so it's funny because my kids now they're like Oh my God, here comes the lecture about lying and whatever. Um, but I do think there, there's a lot of room. I think, you know, parents, for parents, there's a lot of room and a lot of lessons. Like when you really engage in conversations about lying with your children and you tell them that they can, like, they see you lying because they are going to see you lie yeah. because we lie all the time. Sure, that they can like call you out on it in private, like once you're out of the situation and you can have a conversation about it. I mean, it's parents don't typically want to do that, but it is very helpful. Yeah, when you do it because you kids if you tell a kid that like, that's going to be exciting for them. Like, Oh, I can notice when my mom or dad is lying. Like that's a great project for them. And they're going to notice it and they're going to call you out on it. And if you are open to it, you can wind up having such a great conversation. Like these conversations I have had with my kids are like have taken me places that I never would have gotten you yeah. know I, I give the example in the book of my son who like you know we were on the way to the pediatrician's office for the yearly well visit um and in the car he was like you know if she asks about screens i'm gonna tell her the truth because you <laughs> always lie because they ask you all the questions how many fruits and vegetables how many hours of activity how many hours of screen time and right. of course i always know that i've like just completely fucked it up and like <laughs> i give them way too much screen time right, right. And so I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, at first I was like, oh, this little fucker. Yeah, like I course, was yeah. irritated, right? <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here, you know? Yeah. And so we had this whole conversation. I was like, well, I do lie and we I shouldn't because we shouldn't lie to doctors. But right. the reason I lie is because I feel kind of ashamed i feel judged i feel like i'm not a very good parent because i don't have better limits on screens and mm. like, do you ever feel that way mm. and he was like yes you uh-huh. know when i'm when i'm bad yeah right yeah, <laughs> when yeah, i yeah. or you know i use the ipad too much and i'm bad or yeah. when i misbehave and i'm i'm bad yeah and i was like whoa like what a great moment yeah. to talk about the difference between you know, behavior and who you are. Yeah. Right. And so we had this whole conversation and we've had the various like iterations of that conversation since. Um, but I don't know that I ever would have gotten to have a conversation with my, however old he was then, eight or nine year old around like shame and judgment mm-hmm. and when I feel shame and judgment and when does he feel shame and judgment. You know if if it hadn't been for this thing, you know this engaging around this idea of me lying to the doctor, and so these conversations that we can have with our kids, like if you're willing, they're really wonderful conversations, and I think that they're so helpful because kids are they're smart, like they learn how to lie, they learn how to do this. they learn how to do it by watching us. Yeah. They learn a lot of different ways. they learn how to do it. But if we can have these conversations with them, Um, it'll just make them better people, I think, more empathetic, more um, hopefully more honest, but also more able to discern, you know, when to spill the truth and when it's maybe not their truth to tell. And they don't need to tell everything, don't need to, you know, my daughter the other day, she's like, well, I told so-and-so that, you know, so-and-so didn't like her because I felt like I had to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm do you think you had to, you know, we had this whole conversation. I was like, do you think you had to, cause you don't always have yeah. to say everything, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah. I also think that, you know, just think about the shame again. I feel like that could sort of curb or, or at least modulate future shame of, a, of a future adult, you know, because if it's mm-hmm. this thing where it's this constant dark cloud of like, you better not fucking lie ever. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, we're lying while we're saying it, but we don't want our child to do that. And that's fair. We don't want any, we don't want people to be liars, especially ones in our, we don't want people that we're sort of helping to shape become liars. And that's a noble thing to not to want. But, but Mm -hmm. I also think that to be that kind of honest, and again, I'm, I'm, it must be such like a, a narrow pass to, to get it right and to feel like one's gotten it right as you did with, with your child uh, about the doctor. But I I think that if it's a more nuanced conversation, right about, Mm -hmm. well, this honesty is generally optimal, right? But, but we, if we lie, we lie for this reason. And if we get Mm -hmm. caught lying, we talk this way because I think to have that nuance about it will really is really Good, I think, for people coming Mm up into their own, into their mind, really, you know, because then the shame aspect is probably somehow it's never going to go away. Right. Unless you're a sociopath, but then there's no way to put it (laughs) in there in the first place. So we don't have to worry about them. You know, they're going to be sociopaths no matter what. But I think we're wired to have shame and we don't need to make it this overwhelming uh, thing that paralyzes people because then. They're not going to be honest, you know, and if what we really want is more honesty, they're not going to be honest with themselves about the lies they tell if
2: mm-hmm. they're overcome
1: with shame. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to be fucking honest, you know, and they're not even going to notice right. it. And I think it sort of perpetuates itself if we're so hard on it outwardly and if we, if we punish it so severely every time
2: mm-hmm.
1: one is caught in a lie. I just think that that runs counter to being told the truth more often in the first place, you know? Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah. That's totally like, yes, I think the way you put that together, that's exactly right. It just runs counter to it.
1: Yeah. It runs counter. And you're, I mean, I would imagine your son now in these situations is going to have this sort of more nuanced view of it. And, and that will only benefit him and Mm -hmm. those around him. It's not that kind of way of thinking about the truth, is is only going to help the person who's thinking that right. way, you know, both about themselves and also how they work out in the world. It's just this weird hang up that we have that we, yeah. as you say, in the beginning of our conversation, we we put this on the, t- at the top of the pedestal, truth all the time, always the best policy, yeah. even though it's borne out to not be over and over and over again for yeah. everyone in the world every single day
2: yeah it's it really is like one of the the researchers um emma levine who studies pro social lying she says you know we have this idea like truth good lies bad you know deception bad truth good and Mm -hmm. and it and it's just if we could see like even just the word deception like it's it's such a like it, it brings to mind like just bad it's just a
0: it such a negative to right? It's yeah. such
2: a negative, like deception. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Um, but there, if we could just complicate it, mm-hmm. it's like if we could just complicate our idea of it, we would be happier, and we would wind up probably needing it less anyway. Right. You know, but it's exactly. it, it, it just is. Um, you know, I used to have this this argument, not argument, but discussion um, with girlfriends and. Um, this is kind of random, but it's just kind of an example of like that honesty is that you must always tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, um, you know, if you found out you're, you're married and, or if you, um, if your significant other cheated on you and it was a one night thing and, you know, they were far away, they were in another country. They were never going to see this person again. They felt horrible. They felt so guilty it was a slip up. They drank too much, whatever. Um, would you want to know? Right. And I would always say no. Right. No, I wouldn't want to know because it doesn't actually have anything to do with me. Right. And um, my husband would feel guilty about it. Right. Um, and the only reason he would want to tell me is to like relieve his burden. Yes. Right. And that's not really a, a very good reason, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Now, if if there's others, you know, if, in fact, being with this person made him realize all kinds of things about our relationship, well, that's a whole other thing. But if it's just this one thing, like, no, I don't need to know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's – how does that help anybody?
1: Right. It might help. Never
2: get anyone to agree with me.
1: (laughs) It might help him. Well, that was my next question. Do most people say in your friend group, do most people say that they'd rather know? Because I actually – It's hard, but I I actually think I would end up agreeing with you because I don't think of the. I think of the truth as the things that I come to know. I don't mean that things are not true if I don't know about them. I mean true things Mm -hmm. are true whether the fuck I know about them Mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. But my, I don't like this phrase, my truth. But there's, Mm -hmm. I think it applies here in the sense of like, if if my significant other does that. And I never know, then I never knew and it didn't even happen really. Because to my brain, it it never happened, you know? Right. But as, as you're saying, you know, it becomes sort of this very, well, it becomes very different if it, if it's not the very sort of clear cut example that you use, which is like, it was this mistake. It was a mistake right, from the start. Right. It was this unique situation. It was far away. It was ne- it's never going yeah. to happen again. All those things. If, if that's true in that vacuum, I end up, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But even the question you're posed, you're proposing that the pot, that it's now in your brain. And now you have to think about, do I want to know or not know? You're framing that question to yourself while knowing, you know, but yeah. like to know, I, I just, It's it's this weird thing that that I think when they're posed that question, people will say, "Oh, of course I would want to know," but I don't even know if asking that question that way is the right way to get the true answer from them in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it it does because it's kind. This really is why, like uh, ethical scenarios you give people and whatever don't work because what, what people say and the reality of like how life happens are really quite different. Um, but I just always found it interesting that people like immediately were like, no deception wrong. Yes. must be honest at all times. And I was like, really? Because why what's there's no upside to that other than someone gets to unburden their soul. And then I have to share,
1: Yeah. yeah and then Um, you're hurt you feel actually terrible right right. yeah yeah
2: um so it's i do think that we need i think knee jerk you've said that a couple times and i think we do have these knee jerk things about honesty and and probably you know it, it comes from when you were a kid and an experience you had. I mean that's when most of our right that's where most of our knee-jerk stuff comes yep. <laughs> from something yep. from childhood. For sure. Um so it 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 can be hard um to get people to think um to think differently. Um and, you know, sometimes I'm not always sure either. Sometimes right. I'm like, I feel like I'm just talking in circles. I'm yeah. like, oh, I, I don't know. know. Honesty, yeah. truth, pro-social lying. I don't know what's going on. So. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, so that was my next question and we're coming up on an hour. Or so uh, this might be the fitting way to end it. Uh, th- this I. Because for me, here, here, just to frame it this way, I when I because I'm I'm very similar to you in this I I tend to really want to like pin down exactly how honest I am. And even like this, if I'm telling like a small thing, like the thing I said before about the smoking, which is a lie of mm-hmm. omission, I'm, I still end up examining it for like five, 10 minutes at least. I'm just thinking about like, well, why <laughs> what was that? And I start to feel whatever I, those thoughts make, make me feel. But But I end up at the very end, I usually end up wondering, why the fuck did I even examine that? Do you know what I mean? Like why? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not going to not do it next time. In fact, I'm pretty sure I am. I'm the age I am and I still do it now. I've been examining it for however long I've been an adult. I'm not going to not do it anymore. Yet no. I still do it. I still think it's important. And I, and I, I also, while, while believing it's important and believing everyone should examine even the most micro <laughs> lie that they tell out in the world, examine it on their own, at least I still think Why the fuck am I wasting energy on this thing that I'm just going to do every single time like breathing air? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. is that? And you must struggle with that as well. I mean, I think that's kind of what you're saying, which is like, Mm -hmm. this is something I obsess over. It obviously has great value to me and the world. People really, really deeply value honesty, but I want to examine it in this way to feel like I understand it, or at least like I understand myself and then you get to the very, very, very end, all the way at the end, and you mm. think, well, what? I'm just going to do the same exact thing next time. And it, and yeah. it, will it even matter? Does it matter? But obviously it does. But like, where, where are you on that sort of like in the world now, sort of on the, at the, on the other side of this process? You wrote a whole yeah. book about it. You've thought about it mm-hmm. so much. Your kids are older. You're probably telling them different lies now than you were before. Mm. You know, it's like, wh- wh- where? <laughs> Are you now with this, having so much of it Mm -hmm. uh, in your mind? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm more aware, and I'm less apt to. um, I'm trying to think of the right way. Um, I'm less apt to tell those little fibs because I'm embarrassed about something or I don't want to be in an uncomfortable space or I'm afraid of how I'm gonna come off looking or like all those little things that are not pro-social that are that are the little things that were related either to shame or to like my ego or whatever I'm less likely to do that stuff. I still do some of it and then I notice it and I say, oh well, yeah, I probably could have been a little better in that interaction right with, yeah. you know when they ask for feedback or whatever i kind of hemmed and hawed a mm-hmm. lot i'm always gonna hem and haul i'm a hem and hauler. like I'm, <laughs> right. I'm not the person who's gonna come out and be like i fucking suck like <laughs> i mean i am to my husband or whatever sure, my friends, yeah. but i'm not to like people who i have like there's something that i'm not completely comfortable with right so i'm i'm able to to be a bit more direct um because one of the things i've realized is that um, people don't spend nearly as much time thinking about what I've said to them, you know, like kind as, of that, that, that little narcissistic youth- thing. Right. Yeah. As I think right. like they they're not examined. I mean, they might be examining it a little bit. If it was some really weird exchange, they might've been like, what was up with Judy? Yeah. But in general, like they just don't. And so, so true, I'm so true, able yeah. yeah, to just be like, you know, I'm going to be direct. I mean, it, in, in the book I talk about, you know, I have one sister who became an evangelical Christian, right. um, which was weird and, like, threw me, because never who she was. Right. And we had, had all these back and forth conversations about her wanting to save me and all this. And yeah. she sent me this book. And when I looked at it, I realized it was just kind of another, like, evangelical right. treatise. And then um, and she texted me, like, did you get the book? What did you mm-hmm. think? And it was just this moment of panic. Like, what, what am I going to do?
0: Yeah
2: because like old Judy would have been like tied in knots about that and like mm-hmm. worked for an hour on a text back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just said like, um, I put it in a recycling bin. It's not for me, <laughs> um, but I love you, Yeah, you know, but I love you.
0: Yeah,
2: um, And so just like being able to, to be more direct without being an asshole, yeah. like, like I'm better able to thread that now. I just don't, worry as much about all those little interactions um because i know that i'm kind of i'm 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 aware and i'm i'm trying to be the best like version of myself in these in these conversations that i can and so i just feel like my relationships feel like i'm hiding less or like i'm You know, and so that's really that was one of the biggest benefits to doing all of this is that I feel more aligned um, within myself. I also realize that I'm going to screw up sometimes. I'm going to have a blind spot yeah. about something. And you know what? Someone can call me out and I'm going to be like, oh, man, that felt crappy. But, you know, they were right. right. Um, they were right. I should have whatever, um, because I'm just kind of like opening myself up to like, yeah, I'm, I'm imperfect, but I'm trying. And it's okay if I get called out. I mean, I hopefully the person won't be a total jerk, but (laughs) you know, maybe I deserve it. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Actually, I said that was gonna be my last question, but I have one more question. What, uh, how, like, how has it changed the way you view others when they lie and you know it? Does that make sense? Like mm. like when, some, when you catch someone in a lie and they might even think they're getting away with it, but you know they're lying, has it changed the way you think about that person, both in that moment and just sort of, sort of more broadly? I mean, assuming it's someone in your life, not a passing stranger that it just goes in and out of your life and that's
2: it. Yeah. I think that I'm like, if I really, and I'm trying to think of an, if I've had an example yeah. recently and I'm not sure that I have. I mean, if I really sat here and thought, maybe I could think of something, but I think that I'm just m- more aware of people's motivations, you know, of why um, sometimes just that they're saying something unexamined, right, that they yeah. haven't even thought about it. Right. Um, and you know, and then I can choose to either be like, well, have you really examined what it is you're saying, or I can just let it slide. Yeah. And it kind of just depends on many things. Um, yeah. So, but I think that I'm I go less to judgment.
0: Yeah. Right. You
2: know, because I realize, like, okay, these are some tendencies that I have too. And this person maybe just hasn't spent two years of their life.
0: (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Writing
2: down every instance of dishonesty. Probably not. Uh, So I go less to judgment. Like, I'm more apt to be like, okay, I mean, I might still be heard or still whatever, depending on what it is, but I'm. Less like, oh, they're doing something that's so wrong that I never do.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm,
2: um, so it's, it's helped me, I believe, uh, and I hope I'm being honest about this, <laughs> be less judgmental. Cause that's one thing that I haven't liked about myself is that I'm, you know, I can be very judgmental. Oh, um, right. yeah, you same. know, just be yeah. like, I can't believe you, you, you what? You're blah. You're blah. like, what's the matter with you? Right. You're, so I I don't want to I want to be less judgmental and I, I think that this doing all this work has helped me. Yeah. Um at least in that area. Yeah. Be be less.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I mean if 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 there's no other benefit to examining this kind of thing, I think that is one that is sort of not only makes it worth it but but is 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 something that will help anyone in their own life to just recognize. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though our knee jerk, it's almost as if it, it would appear from, from the outside looking in, like we must love to judge people for lying. Cause we do it all the time. But the truth mm-hmm. is that, that I think it, it, it's better for us, at least me pursuing personally, it's examining this kind of stuff led has led me just generally to think of others lying to me as not personal to me again mm-hmm. it's that narcissistic thing it's been mm-hmm. dissolved a bit where it's like well they're not lying to me because they want me specifically me matt delia to think a certain thing they're yeah. lying for their own fucking reason that has yeah. nothing to do with me and they might not even know what it has to do with but it definitely has nothing to do with me and i don't right. need to take offense to the thing that has nothing to, it has no bearing on me one way or the other them saying it to me doesn't mean i have to fold it in and consider it this act towards me it's just like mm-hmm. it is what it is that i'm i'm just the person they happen to be talking to when they told that lie you know what
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean um mm-hmm. and i think that if nothing else this kind of thinking that your book dives very deeply into it's a very profound sort of benefit to one's own life to think of it mm-hmm. to think of lying or not lying just sort of this weird little dishonesties that that people are mm-hmm. constantly telling I think it's it, it's very helpful and in, in, in freeing in a way that that um, isn't what I would expect. You know, I would expect the examination of one's own honesty to lead to one being more honest, but it might not mm-hmm. even do that. But it will make you a little bit easier on those around you, mm-hmm. and I think that that in itself is something worth
2: worth. Doing. Right, yeah. right. And so you put that so well. Um, yeah, because it, it it's not just about like being more honest. Right, it's about yeah. being more aware and thus more you know, the 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 title for the New York Times piece was how honesty or I think it was how honesty can make you happier. Yeah. And so, you know, the book, the sales team, they all wanted to title the book that. And right. I was like, well, that's not <laughs> uh, it's really not what it's about, you know, because I'm the the writer, right? I right. was like, I'm I'm the person that wants to make sure that what I'm saying is aligned with what the title is. Sure, and I was like, yeah. that's not really what it's about. Um, you know, it's this complicated nuanced thing. And um, of course, part of me now is like kicking myself thinking we should have just fucking called the book. <sighs> honesty can make happier because I think that people would be able to like grasp it more, even though it's not all about being more honest and it's not all about happiness. Right. But it, I, I do believe that like in this way, it, it like, I'm happier now. I'm more content Definitely in my marriage, um, but with myself as a parent, in my relationships with like my sisters who are like my best friends in the world, you know, I feel like I'm more content there. Like I'm a happier person because of doing all this, but I was so afraid to like promise like you'll be happier if (laughs) you do it. Now I'm like, oh, I should have promised it.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I share that sort of (laughs) resistance anyway. Like there's this putting the word happier in there. It's almost like you're (laughs) making some promise. You know what I mean? I know. And I was
2: like, well, I can't be dishonest about what the book is about. You Uh, know, I had all these essential things, right? I know. But now I'm like, oh, maybe that would have caught on a little. um...
1: (laughs) Well, I think you chose the right (laughs) title. And I think it's a great book and an extremely noble effort. Even if you hadn't written the book, I, I just think it's a very interesting journey that you Mm -hmm. put yourself on, but the book just makes it that much more worth it. And uh, if there's anything you want to share besides the book and please go buy it to the, to the, to our listeners now, if there's, I I think uh, if you're on Twitter or anything like that, um, yeah, let us know.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah. So I'm at Judy Kettler uh, on Twitter. I'm at kettle JM on Instagram. It really should be the same on both. <laughs> Don't know why I'm not, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not savvy enough to understand how to change it. Right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, the book is it's available wherever you buy books. Um. You know, audio book is available. I narrated the audio book, which was a wonderful experience. Um. So. It's yeah. Widely available.
1: Great, and it's uh, "Would I Lie to You"? Correct. What is the subtitle? Right. Would I. Mean? I
2: yeah, would I lie to you the amazing power of being honest in a world that lies
1: there we go okay that is the book and you all need to read it so do that uh buy it and then read it uh Judy thank you so much I appreciate your time and your efforts and everything um thank you
2: yeah thank you it was a great conversation I I appreciate having such a such a such a good and like kind of meaty conversation about it, it good yeah well, I, th-
1: I think about this shit a lot too so yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm glad I, I found someone uh who not only <laughs> shares that but wrote a fucking book about it that was yeah. very good for me to, to learn but um anyway thank you uh for your work and your time and talk to you soon okay thank you
2: all right bye-bye Bye.